Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl, and I am joined as always by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, what's up? How are you? I'm good, Jesse. Um, you know, didn't stay up quite late enough to get the game in last yep. night. I'll be honest with you before we break this one down. I did watch the first two yep. and I got, we got good results today and I'm hoping for more of the same, man. Cause you know, four o'clock, I'm going to be watching the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, I was up all night watching these games. I love the West coast games. Uh, and as you touched on there, we are recording this uh, Sunday morning around 11, 15 AM. So the fourth game in the finale game of this series has not yet happened. Currently the Jays won the first three, um, all three, but we don't know if they're going to get their first sweep of the season today, or if the angels are actually going to squeeze one out. We don't know. We will find out. We'll talk about it on Twitter once we do. So we're going to give you a quick little recap here of the first three games. We've got our thumbs up and thumbs down. We've got all the stuff you're used to on the show here today. So let's get right into it. you ready to rock. I'm always ready to rock, Jesse. Let's hit it, baby. Good stuff. Game one of the series. The Jays won that game six to three. The Jays got five runs off defending MVP Shohei Otani, including a Vlad Guerrero Jr. home run off the foul pole, which was sweet. George Springer and Danny Jansen went deep in that one as well. Hunjin Ryu was solid through his five innings of work there. Uh, Game two, the Jays won four to three. This was the Apple TV Friday night game. Uh, The Jays got a go-ahead run with a single and an error late in that game. Three hits for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And the Jays bullpen, Jimmy Garcia, Jordan Romano, and Trevor Richards went nine up, nine down, and five Ks to seal the door in that game. Game three happened last night. Jays and Angels played a back-and-forth affair. The Jays won that game six to five. Yusei Kikuchi did his job. Alejandro Kirk came in with a a clutch pinch hit RBI. Matt Chapman had a two-run double late into this game. And Jordan Romano ran into some trouble in the bottom of the ninth, ended up giving up a run and loading the bases. But uh, known closer Ross Stripling was able to come down, get a ground out to save the day for the team. And as we mentioned before, game four starts at 4 p.m. Eastern today. It should be up later on. We'll have some fun with that a little later. But... Riley, any key takeaways from those games there? Oh, key. And first of all, I'd like to just say that um, it might not say, um, you know, for his line score, Alec Mano and his start, yep. but he did extraordinary, man. So many swings and misses. You want to talk about a pitcher oh, yeah. making a good lineup look, look stupid. He annihilated almost every single right-handed batter in that lineup. Another key takeaway. Yeah, that was great. Stripling did that. I mean, I hate to, I, I hate to be hard on Romano and it's not even, he's having a bad year but he's been used in a lot of situations right. this year. And you know what? Sometimes as a, as a bullpen arm, you're just going to have those stints. And um, yeah, we got on the runs in game one. You know, we're still waiting for a, a big explosion, man. I don't know even know if it's going to happen today, but we're really waiting for, you know, a huge game. Like I'm talking like three RBIs from our cleanup hitter, three RBIs from, you know, our three spot hitter. We're still waiting for that, man. All in all, it's been a great series, Jesse. I won't lie to you. Mm-hmm. Very proud, very proud of our pitchers thus far. And you know what? Game one, our batters really turned it on, man. And that's where I want to start is with my first thumbs up, Jesse. I want to give it to Lourdes. I was watching okay. um, uh, game two of the series. Lourdes had two doubles and a base hit. Mm-hmm. I know, I know that. I know that he's had a real ice cold bat this year, but yes. I really think whether it's today or in the next series, I think Lourdes is is really gonna try. And step things up, man, because Teoscar's been pretty cold. And it's not, again, Jesse, our offense isn't coming from Zimmer and Tapia as outfielders. So, you know what? I think Lourdes, I think Lourdes, I don't know if he understands that, gets that. Like, it's time. I feel like it is so time for him to turn things up. And, you know what? I give him the thumbs up three hits in the first game. And I think he's going to have another big game today. And I think that game includes no strikeouts. 
and maybe a walk, maybe an extra base hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it'll be nice to see from Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I don't think our opinions on him have really changed too much based on his cold start that he's had. We've mentioned in the past, he's always been a very streaky hitter. And when he's cold, he's ice cold. And, you know, he seems to be the guy that when the weather heats up, he starts to play a little better. So I don't know if it's an accident. You get him out to California and to Anaheim and, you know, the weather's really warm there and he starts to play a little better. Uh, The main thing with Gurriel is it's really nice to see that extra base pop from him. He's a guy we're going to need it. And half the reason the Blue Jays are in the bottom third of the league and run scored this year is because guys like Lourdes Gurriel have not been stepping it up. So if he can finally show some life here and start breaking things out, this is a good sign for this team and things going forward. Yeah, again, it's it's a guy that we need to perform. When Lourdes first came into the league, I thought that he would. I, I, I think that I overestimated his his abilities as a hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not maybe the power bat, but certainly a guy who can, who can lace doubles, who can drive in runs. Lourdes is a middle of the order guy. Um, you know, he's a middle of the order piece. And um, I don't disagree with Montoyo batting him down in the lineup because he's been, yeah, he's been poor at the plate. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm okay with that man, but still Lourdes, he's had a good series so far, I think. And uh, we'll give him the <laughs> thumbs up, man. Perfect. I'm going to give my next thumbs up here to a guy we gave a thumbs up to last week as well. And that is our catcher glasses himself, Danny Jansen. He hit two home runs in the last series against the Cardinals and he comes into game one and hits another bomb into this one. And I don't think our thoughts have really changed too much from last episode coming into this one, but we'll just say it again. Danny Jansen needs to be in this lineup every day while he's hitting this good. It's plain and simple. After he hit that home run in game one, he didn't play in game two. Now they want Alejandro Kirk catching Alec Manoa. I get that. But with the way Danny Jansen's bat is, you really need him on this team. And in fact, in last night's game, he missed a home run, which honestly looked gone off the bat. I think it was another one of those dead ball specials that just died at the top of the wall. But even Vladdy was celebrating on second base because he thought Danny Jansen got another one. And it would have been a home run in 23 out of the 30 ballparks. So again, Danny Jansen is just continuing this hot streak that he's on and yeah, I, I don't have much else to say, but he's good. Put him in the lineup and let's just go. Put it put it on repeat, Jesse. From what we said last week, my opinion on Jansen has not changed, if not uh, strengthened. Um, we Listen, I like what Kirk's doing behind the plate defensively. I think yes. he's made real good adjustments, real improvements. But hey, man, it's hard to take Jansen out of this lineup. The way he is hitting, I think I read a statistic. I don't know if you touched on it. Best MLB, not even for a catcher, best MLB slugging percentage since last August. August 31st, that's, yeah. That is ins- that that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like that's that that you're talking elite territory. Look at the power hitters in this league right now and you're talking Jan- Danny Jansen's got the best slugging. Yeah. No, he's got to be in our lineup, man. I get that Kirk's been playing real well defensively because he has. But, um, yeah, man, when Danny Jansen's in the lineup, we seem to do big things. He does big things. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're insurance, you want to put a third catch and like maybe bring Taylor Heineman back up or something just in case there is an injury, you can put one in there. But, yeah, I want Kirk, I want Jansen both in this lineup every day when possible. Uh, I want to give my next thumbs up here to a guy who hasn't really done a ton but I'm really starting to think good things are coming and that the breakout is going to start sooner rather than later. And that's your third baseman, Riley, Matt Chapman. 
Now, the numbers don't look great on the overall course of the season today, but I really think it's starting to come. He had another fly ball out yesterday night that died on the warning track, which would have been a home run in 24 out of the 30 ballparks. He then hit that go-ahead double to the opposite field to drive in some runs. The breakout is coming for Matt Chapman, whether it's positive aggression or whether the uh, the weather heats up and the ball will travel more. Uh, we already talked early in the year how Matt Chapman has his hardest hard hit percentage of his career. So I really like to buy some Matt Chapman stock right now. And uh, I'd say trade for him in your fantasy league if you can, because it's coming. Well, I don't need to trade for him because I took him so early in every, in every draft because I know what this guy can do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's no surprise to me. Listen, let's just, I'll talk about the bad things before I get into the good thing. Yes, he's still striking out, but the power from this guy, and I don't know if it is the dead ball or what, but he is launching balls, man, and he looks good. He looks comfortable. Obviously, this injury he had, we're throwing it in the back seat. Like he looks good. I think he's he sat out for the first time this year in this series. Yeah, he did. Like he's he, he's a he's a guy who's who's an everyday player, and he looks amazing at the plate, man. Um, when he's hitting, and yeah, a, a home run in twenty three out of whatever ballparks. I don't care. Like he looks, he looks good. He looks comfortable, and he is hitting the ball so damn hard. Yep, the breakout is coming. I'd expect a big, big second half from Matt Chapman here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Like you said, buy your stock in Matt Chapman. Trade for him in fantasy because, baby, it's coming. Like the breakout is coming. And I'm I'm not going to be surprised. I could wake up tomorrow and see a huge slash line from Chappie. All right. Well, that's the positives we take away from this team. We're going to move on to some thumbs down here. And Riley, do you want to start or should I take the first one? Oh, you take the first one. I'll, I'll lean in to it. All right. I want to talk about uh, Julian Merriweather here. It's probably not the biggest thumbs down we could have given, but uh, I think it's time we touch on him. It seems like forever since we saw the Julian Merriweather that was so dominated against the Yankees to start last season, where he just looked like one of the best relievers in baseball and that the Jays were dreaming on this guy who we traded MVP Josh Donaldson for. And I don't think he's going to be that guy anymore. He kind of struggled. It was like a league average guy in the second half of last season. And so far, you know, he hasn't been that great this year either. I'd kind of put him in the back end of our bullpen right now. Uh, he couldn't get an out when he was coming into the bottom of the seventh. He gave up a single, a hit by pitch, and then he gave up a home run to Mike Trout. Now that'll happen. It's Mike Trout. He's pretty damn good at this baseball thing. But, you know, I think it's time. We got to kind of stop throwing Julian Merriweather in high leverage. Yes, the stuff looks good. The tools look there, but his fastball is just way too hittable. And until he can figure it out, let's save some of the higher leverage relief moments for a different pitcher here. Uh, there's a there's a lot of different arms I like in the eighth inning at this point. I know I, I coming into this year I was definitely high on Julian Merriweather, but that that can change in a series. You watch how a reliever gets hit around. Like you said, his fastball is too damn hittable. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see Garcia in that role, and I'd yeah. even I'd even put Richards in front of it at this point I was for thinking our righties. The same thing too. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know what it's as and nothing against Merriweather. Like you said, um, he had a real like coming into the bigs. He had a real good start and I think that's kind of what put put him on that pedestal for me is when he came into the league he looked real good and I thought wow like this is a guy that we're going to use as oh my god finally do we have a setup guy yeah like a you Jordan know, Romano type guy right oh yeah no I would love I would love to have an eighth inning guy you know mm-hmm. or even a guy who can come in um in the ninth if it's a non-save situation but yeah I think that that has passed um you know, I don't want to crap all over relief pitchers. It, they, they have a specific job to do. And and I'll just say it, Merriweather's not doing that job. Right. Uh, let's move on to our next thumbs down here. Uh, I want to talk about some of the Jays outfielders. Now, minus George Springer, but 
Ryan Tapia, Bradley Zimmer, Teoscar Hernandez, and before Lourdes Gurriel heated up today, they've all very much underperformed overall in the course of the year. And this is kind of where the Blue Jays need to make the biggest improvements. Now, the track record suggests for all these guys, minus, say, Tapia and Zimmer, that they are going to be better. And you want to keep playing them in case it clicks for them because you know how good their upside could be. But at some point, you're really are going to want to have to see it. Now, I know Bradley Zimmer has made some nice defensive plays, and Gurriel did have the uh, three-hit game, and Teoscar's a back-to-back Silver Slugger Award winner, but we need more out of these guys, and they really need to start getting going. And also, Rymel Tapia is just playing way too much right now for how little of a skill set he gives you, but I think it goes to show you how little options Charlie Montoyo has here. We, we screwed up, Jesse, and you hit the nail right on the head, man, when you said we should never of, of release Palacios, man. Yeah, that's the one. And, and it's, it's, it's tough, you know, minus George Springer, let's exempt him. Cause George Springer might be the best leadoff hitter, power leadoff hitter of the 21st century. Yeah, sure. Well, le- give him an exception. Um, yeah. Zimmer's not doing it. I thought Tapia, uh, listen, I, I don't know if it must've been the Rocky, the Rocky mountains for his bat, because he's definitely not done it. He made an atrocious play defensively that, you know, didn't cost us anything too big. I think he had a hit, maybe drove in a run, but Tappy is a guy that I put a lot on. I thought that he would have an exceptional year coming in Toronto, but he's just, he's not done it. Zimmer. I don't, I don't have hold him in the saber guards. I don't even see him as an everyday player. Yeah. And yeah, we need Tay Oscar. I talk about Lourdes and Tay Oscar now in the same kind of view. And that's, we need them. They're middle of the order guys. We need them to drive and runs. And just get on base because that's something Lourdes was doing. And now we need Tay Oscar to do the same. And we need this lineup to come together. And yeah. and Tay Oscar needs to do that because um, with the exception of our fancy lineup, I'll call it, where Espinal's hitting second and Bo's hitting <laughs> cleanup. You know, Tay Oscar, Tay Oscar is a, a cleanup hitter, man. We need him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Those The pressure, I'd say, is on those two guys the most on this team right now to step it up and perform. And you know they've got to be feeling it. You know it's going to be in there. I'm going to be very happy for Tay Oscar when it finally does click. Let's hope it happens very soon here. Uh, Riley, you mentioned that you watched the Apple TV broadcast. I'm tentatively giving it a thumbs down just because I was at work and we only have satellite TV at work, so I couldn't watch the game on Apple TV, which was a bum to me. But what's your take on it? What did you think of the Apple TV broadcast? Something different for the Jays. Yeah, like I think we talked before. It's kind of like a podcast almost. And yeah. and Jesse, like I, I don't want to be too hard. I'm I'm we're treated, and as you know, I'm a big buck guy. Right. I love I love that we're treated with with our great commentators. Um, yeah, it's kind of I I kind of attributed the same if you and I were doing curling, like we're giving it our damnedest, Jesse, but we just right. don't know what's going on. <laughs> like it kind of like that. that, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think our takeaway was like, there's a, it's a podcast going on, which is a baseball game in the background. Um, I know in some of the early editions of the Apple TV baseball podcast, they tried to throw up statistics in the corner early in the year saying that this is the likelihood this person's going to get on base. This is the likelihood this run's going to score, which as kind of a baseball nerd, I kind of like that stuff, but I didn't see it here in this game. So maybe they had gotten rid of it. It was, it was in the bottom right hand corner. I didn't, you know what, let's talk about that. I didn't mind it. Yeah, but it and it made me think the entire game when it was on there, um, because I, I was watching. Um, I think I was watching Ward and Marsh and their yeah. at bats, and when they had a three ball count, mm-hmm. the likelihood of them getting on base actually increased. Or sorry, two strikes, two strikes, not not three ball. Right. It, their likelihood actually increased. So I wonder if if you know they really did their research and said, hey, well Marsh shortens up. He actually is you know 
uh, six for 30 or whatever with two strikes in this situation. And it was kind of cool. You know what? I'll, I'll kind of, I kind of, I kind of feel like that's, you know, we, we give them crap, but I, they, they did their best. You know, it's like the Bart Simpson cake. At least you yeah, tried. Yeah. They're doing something new, which you can appreciate, but like, I don't understand that. I noticed that too. Like when a guy gets to two strikes and you think he's getting more likely to get on base, like the numbers don't back that up. So I don't no. know what, uh, what you're trying to solve there or whether it's like a pitcher versus hitter thing. Like you said, with Brandon Marsh specifically, I don't know. It seems weird. I think yeah. there are some things to get out, but I like that they're trying something new for the, uh, the statistic-minded fan while they're watching that game. Uh, we're going to go move on yeah. to some news and notes here. Uh, Kevin Biggio was recalled at the start of the series, as we mentioned. Uh, Vinny Capra was sent down to AAA. Nate Pearson made his rehab start that we were talking about. He went one and two-thirds inning. He gave up one hit, one earned run, one strikeout, one walk. His fastball topped out at 97.5, where his slider topped out at 87.3. Uh, longtime Blue Jay and uh, our special guest, Quinn Abram, has this guy's jersey. Uh, Anthony Alford has just signed with the KT Wiz of the KBO, so enjoy your time in Korea, Anthony. And Major League Baseball and the Union have agreed to extend the limit of number of pitchers a player can have on their roster. It was supposed to go down to 13 as of tomorrow, but it will remain at 14 pitchers on the roster until July 29th. Riley, any main takeaways to gather from that there? Yeah, the fact that Quinn Abram has a Anthony Alford jersey is it just <laughs> blows my mind. Well, I, I I can't even get over that, man. I'm going out right now, and I'm going to buy a Jonathan Davis jersey. Nice, nice. Well, like I, brother and brothers-in-law, I think is what they are, and I, I love I love that for them. And I, you know what? I don't hate it for Alfred, man. He's a guy that didn't make it with us. And I thought if Dalton Pompey can play in the big leagues, you certainly can. Um, but Hey, playing in the KBO still big, man, still big. That's yep, my, that's my biggest, that. that's my biggest takeaway from that man is the fact that Quinn has an Anthony Alfred Jersey. <laughs> yeah. He let sure that, does. let that resonate with you. <laughs> Holy. I mean, it's every blue Jays fan has to have one obscure blue Jays player Jersey, right? It's, it's gotta happen. Yeah, I know. And I think mine for a long time was Colby Rasmus, but I don't think that's askew. Yeah, he was here for a while. He was a big trade acquisition. You can get a pass on that. Uh, Russell Martin has officially announced his retirement from MLB as he posted some reel on Instagram about it. And he was very crucial to the successful Jays teams in the mid 2010s. He played for Team Canada on the WBC. He was a very good presence in Canadian baseball and for the Blue Jays. And like I said, he was on those Blue Jays playoff teams. So Riley, do you have a favorite Russell Martin moment from his career? Well, first of all, I just want to say, man, that he was he was our catcher in in some good times and bad times. Mm-hmm. Like you said, early 2010s. Obviously, we remember him on on those um, ALCS teams. Yep. Um, we made it as far as we did, and um, Canadian legend. I, you know, as you were saying that, I tried to think of a better Canadian catcher than than Russ Martin, and I just can't. Um, you know, he stands alone now. Um, with I, I I would put him in the same category as guys that are in the big leagues right now. Like he would have played against guys like Canadians, Corey Koski. Um, yeah, maybe early uh, in his career, yeah. Early in his career, um, and then Votto. Like he's kind of tied in a good group of Canadian ball players, and um, you know, to be honest with you, I thought he had already retired. Um, it's hard it's hard at his age to find a club and you know to still perform. But you know what? In his prime. 
Russell Martin was one of the best catchers all around, whether it be defensively or offensively. God love Russ Martin. I mean, he did wonders for our team and couldn't have couldn't have dreamt a better catcher for for our era of winning games than having Russ Martin behind the plate. Yeah, Russell Martin, um, he's basically just been a winner. He came up in his career in the late 2000s with the Dodgers. He made the playoffs on all those teams. He then went to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh had been a team that was bad for years. But as soon as Russell Martin gets there, the team starts making the playoffs run. The Jays had a 22 year playoff drought. Alex Anthopoulos signs him. He comes here. The Blue Jays are all of a sudden in the playoffs. Like Russell Martin knows what it takes to play winning baseball. And I think my favorite moment he had was down the stretch in 2015 when the Blue Jays were in a dogfight with the Yankees for the division. He hit a home run. I think it was either the seventh or the eighth inning. It was a three-run shot. And I just remember the announcers going, Russell, Russell, Russell. And it was so great. Huge hit for Russell Martin. And that's probably the one that sticks out most in my head. Yeah, I don't really have a specific moment. I just know that... If you're like I said, if you're looking for a catcher that does it both behind the plate and at the plate, I mean, Russell Martin was your guy forever. Um, I mean, the honestly, the one that sticks out the most for me is he is part of the weirdest sequence of plays I've ever seen. That being the seventh inning, um, in the top, in the top yeah. half, he throws it back and it somehow hits Su Chu's bat. And then he was one of the base runners in that inning. He actually got pinched, ran for mm-hmm. uh, by, by by Pompey, which is a great decision. You know, catchers not yeah. notoriously fast. Um, yeah, huge, huge plus for us to have Russ Martin. And you said he is he is a damn winner. I remember him with that Pittsburgh club. And um, and yeah, he did some monster things, man. And it's easy when you come up with the Dodgers and you just have it in your mind that you're one of the best teams in the National League. Then you make a team better. Yeah, Pittsburgh. That's, that's and then we took him in uh, with the Blue Jays and, and we had him in his prime man. Russ, Russ Martin, forever a Blue Jay. Enjoy your retirement, Russell Martin. Uh, Riley, we're going to move on to some random stacks and facts. I'm going to uh, shout one out with you and you give me your reaction. Ready? I'll do my best, Jesse. Yeah. So first one is one you kind of already mentioned. It's that Danny Jansen leads all Major League Baseball and slugging percentage since August 31st of last year. You kind of already touched on that, but love to see that from Danny Jansen there. Uh, speak- oh, my God. Yeah. Speaking of Blue Jays catchers, Alejandro Kirk is hitting 302, 375, 444 with more walks than strikeouts over the month of May, including a batting average of over 280 with two strikes. Kirk is just a guy who gets it done at the plate. You don't see a lot of swing and miss, and he looked he's looked smart. Um, I love it for Kirk. Um, and I don't even want to even say the batting average should be higher. You know, it feels like it's lower, but you know what? He just finds a way to get on base. He, he's a muscle guy. He's a lunchbox hitter. And yes, the power, the power isn't there, but he's, he's just getting it done at the plate. I don't hate it again. Nothing against Jansen because we know what he can do. But again, Kirk is a guy that you can't really take out of the lineup, man. I wish we could bat 10 guys. And let's not forget. He's only 23 years old still, and he's still just going to be getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say Kikuchi is the fourth slowest pitcher in MLB in time in between pitches. Yeah. You know what? I was wondering that. And it's, I was thinking this cause I was actually watching um, Baumgartner pitch too. Yep. And then I thought, I thought lefties, I, I bet there's a statistic somewhere. I, I know that I know that this has got to be a fact. Lefties must take longer than righties in th- between pitches, man. I swear. <laughs> Except for like, Mark I'm Burley. not going crazy the exception. <laughs> wow. You, you just, you turned it right back on me. Didn't yeah. you Jesse? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Kikuchi. He's a methodical dude. Yeah. Just kind of cool. uh, we 
do wanted to give a shout out here to Kurt Suzuki. If you were watching the baseball game last night, he uh, this was kind of a somber moment here. He took a warm-up pitch from Michael Lorenzen that bounced in front of the plate, came up and caught him in the neck. He was immediately removed from the game and needed some assistance coming through the dugout. Official reports are that it was a neck contusion and that he is alert and he is undergoing testing, but it still doesn't gr- sound great. I don't have a official report now. We should probably get something later in the day, so we're hoping for good news from Kurt Suzuki. Seems like just... You know, he's a good ball player. He's a tough guy. And you never want to see this happen to anyone on the ball field. I bet you, you know, Suzuki at this point might be only behind Posey and Yachty for most games caught in the MLB right now. He's a veteran oh, he's guy up there, up there. For like sure. he, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past that. He's, he might even be ahead of Posey. I mean, he's definitely behind Yachty, but he's a veteran catcher who's made his way onto so many ball clubs. And you just, you feel bad, eh? Like whether he's a rookie or not, but this is someone who's been behind the plate and it's a possible, you know, let's say I, I, I will, will go, go and say not even just a career ender. It's a life threatener. You know, yeah, when you get weird at w- w- injuries like that, you know what? And, um, in baseball, we're a we're a family here. You know, we cheer for the Jays, but at the end of the day, we we also cheer for the player safety and health. Um, so yeah, no thoughts and prayers with uh with Kurt Suzuki. And you know what? I have no doubt catchers are tough. Russell Martin is tough. Kurt Suzuki's tough. I have no doubt in my mind that he will make um, you know an exceptional recovery. Perfect. Let's move through these next things pretty quickly here. Riley, as we mentioned, game four for the Blue Jays hasn't been played yet. Uh, do you want to take a stab really quick at uh, predicting how this thing's going to go today? Seven to four, Toronto wins. First mm. sweep of the season. I'm going to say, I said it before, I think that Lourdes is going to get either a double or a home run. He's not going to strike out and he's going to draw a walk. So he's going to get on base twice and maybe round the bases once. Um, yeah, and I think Chapman, another guy who might strike out, but also draws a walk and has an extra base hit, which yep. keeps him in the plus category. Those two guys, I feel like, are going to have big games. And you know what? You could also expect a big game, hopefully, from our starter. Barrios needs a big start. And that's why I say 7-4. to four. I think that the runs are charged to him. Yep. And but I think they're... The when you when you're like you said, man, when you're playing Trout and the boys, you're gonna get dinged, man. And I feel like the Angels have not scored their 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 plentiful run amounts against us, and we've looked good. And I think Brios gets dinged, but I think he gets the win, man. Yeah. I think seven to four. We were thinking very similar. I was thinking five to four. My guess is the Jays will pull this out. We will get the first sweep of the season. Uh, same deal. Brios is going to give up a few runs, but it'll probably buckle down through six innings. I'm predicting a home run from Matt Chapman today, and the Blue Jays are going to mount a comeback late to win this game by two. Uh, so I guess five to three is guess is what I'm going with here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how right or how wrong we are as the afternoon goes on. Uh, with that being said, after this, the Blue Jays get on a flight. We're returning back to Toronto. We are welcoming in the Chicago White Sox into town for a three-game series. Uh, game one, now this might change as the Chicago White Sox did just DFA Dallas Keuchel. So I'm not certain about these starting pitchers matchups, but this is what Fangraphs has um, lined up like this. So I'll spit them out to you. Game one looks like it's going to be Michael Kopech against Kevin Gosman. Game two will be Lucas Giolito against Hunjin Ryu. And game three will be our old friend from the playoffs, Johnny Cueto, taking on Alec Manoa in game three there. And uh, Riley, what do you want to see most in this series? Oh, I want to see us um, turn it up with our bats again. We're, you know, on a one to 10 scale for our volume, we're sitting at about a four right now. And we need Mm -hmm. to turn that music up loud. Yeah, we're against some pretty good starters. Cueto's a silly pitcher, though, that delivery crap there. But I would like to see, you know what? And I I do. I do like my American League Central teams. I think the White Sox have a lot of potential. And I know Giolito's a hell of a pitcher. 
Kopech is young, but he's a good pitcher too. I think. That, oh yeah, I I hope that we smack the crap out of Johnny Cueto though. I never, <laughs> I never enjoyed. I know you know what, and I don't hate on a lot of players, and I just didn't. Oh, we'll see. I didn't enjoy him. I didn't enjoy him as much as as the people. Maybe that's because he played for Casey. I don't know, but I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to the bats turning around, Jesse. That'll be the big thing. We need the bats to get going here. And anytime we're having a three-game series where we're throwing both Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa, you got to like your chances to take home the edge in that series. The White Sox have underperformed too. Their offense has been struggling a lot like the Blue Jays have. Tony LaRusso also has no idea what he's doing as a manager. So I like the chances for the Blue Jays to win two out of three here and to win this series. Um, that'll do it for episode here today. Thanks for tuning in. I have a Slipknot concert to go to tonight, so I am pumped ready to go, ready to rock. I'm going to get my headbang on. I can't wait for that. Uh, please make sure to like and subscribe to the video if you haven't already. Plus, we've got some big news coming for our channel, so stay tuned. We'll probably break that down on next episode here, so get excited for that. We've got some big things coming for the show here, and we'll be announcing that later this week. Uh, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here? Yeah, Tony LaRusso, you're right. I mean, I, listen, he was a great manager for a long time, back yeah. when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, but you're right. He looks... <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't even, I can't even not laugh at that, Jesse. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You know, give the poor guy a break. I mean, like bring back Ozzy Gian for them. Fair. I loved Ozzy Gian. I like a manager with fire. Talk about a manager with fire real quick. Let me just say that, um, Montoyo, you're kind of in the radar right now for, you know, things that, uh, people to watch for we talk about players to watch mm -hmm. for i'd like to see montoya be you know a little bit better with his arms that he's using and you know and see what he can do get a fire in under this team man like we need it we need it i mean the team's starting to pick up play a little better montoya's kind of really only working with the guys that he has on his roster but yeah something to keep an eye on as we go forward here uh that'll do it for us here today i gotta get out of here riley uh thanks for doing this again and we'll see you next time thanks guys